Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the private side of diplomacy. I think what we need to do to be more competitive is to do a better job on education, training. Technical training is fundamental. The Germans do it exceedingly well. We should look to that model. And healthcare, we need to have competitive people and well-prepared people in order to compete. One of the aspects of the greater Washington region's business community is the interplay between public policy, international relations, and business. Our next guest is Amy Glover. She is director of the Mexican practice at McLaurie Associates. McLaurie specializes in in helping, well, so it's almost the, the private aspect of public policy for international clients, big expertise in trade in Mexico. Amy has spent a lot of time outside the country. How do people react in, in Mexico with this change in administration? How, do, how did the election affect them? I think there was a lot of fear. And, and frankly, Mexicans, I think, have been offended by the way um, they've been referred to in the context of, of the, the U.S. political campaign. Uh, Mexico has been a great ally to the U.S. In many, in many ways, both economically and in terms of security. Several um, terrorist attempts have been thwarted precisely because of Mexican intelligence, something that very few Americans know. And in fact, Mexico is a very peaceful neighbor. Um, Issues related to the drug trade are very complex because they're also related to demand for drugs in the United States. So it's a joint problem. And and I think there was, you know, a lot of disappointment on the Mexican side. Um, But I think some of that is we're moving away from that now and, and trying to think about how we can focus in a positive way on all of these other ties, um, both civil society, culture, so that we can move forward together. There are a lot of companies here that do business in Mexico, I assume, among your client base. What are they finding in the current political environment? Is it affecting their ability to do business or how is it unfolding? Well, it's a critical moment. And I think a lot of education has to be done about the critical importance of our neighbors and how they help us as Americans, be a competitive region. So uh, Mexico and Canada are our partners under the North American Free Trade Agreement, an agreement which has been in place for 23 years. Five million U.S. jobs depend on the economic relationship with Mexico. If you include Canada, 14 million U.S. jobs depend on this relationship. Mexico is the second most important market for U.S. exports. So we have a lot at stake here. We sell a lot to Mexico. Mexico is a major customer for the United States and a major strategic partner for us. Now, you just mentioned some statistics. You mentioned jobs that are dependent upon. How does that relate to the jobs that have been supposedly displaced by the manufacturing facilities that are in northern Mexico under NAFTA? Has anybody done an equivalence or an economic analysis comparing the two? I would say that it's difficult to look at trade as a zero-sum game, um, that really North America, the three countries, we are the most competitive region in the world. So what allows that competitiveness are the different comparative advantages that the countries have. What has happened to manufacturing in the U.S. has been the technification of manufacturing. So far from anyone being replaced by, you know, someone living in another country, they've been replaced largely by robots. And in fact, there's an excellent study done by Bell State University that shows that from 2000 to 2010, 87 percent 
of the manufacturing job losses were due to productivity increases, only 13% to trade. I find it interesting that we're getting together in the recent aftermath now of the United Kingdom deciding to leave the European community. In a lot of ways, the relationship between Mexico and the United States and, and Canada is very much modern on the, e, on the EU and, and free trade. Do you think that we've entered a period of time where the, the advantages of, of free trade, the, the employment advantages, are getting obscured by, by politics? Definitely, because if you've seen over history and time, trade is a way to increase the pie. So we want to keep the engines of growth moving forward. What we need to figure out is how to make sure everyone enjoys a nice slab of that pie. Hmm. And what's happened is that a lot of people feel that they haven't been included in globalization. But to solve that, what we need to do is not look towards protectionism, but rather help by providing um, training, education, health to those populations that feel that they haven't been a, a productive part of this new economy. So Mexico is a huge market for many American companies. My understanding is that a, a recent study that was done by J.P. Morgan, the Global Cities Initiative, identified of the 100 regions that it's involved with around the United States, the Washington, D.C. region was 99th from the standpoint of export success. And the Global Cities Initiative has identified exports as a primary driver for economic opportunity for our region. What do you think we need to be doing? How do we do a better job of being an exporting region, do you think? Well, I think as a matter, you really have to do your, your research, understand the market, understand the dynamics of that market. It is... It does require a significant amount of expertise, which, you know, there are consultants like us that help companies do that. You know, I think the neighboring, you know, states of Virginia and Maryland have quite a bit of a, an export base as well. But I do think there's definitely opportunities there and that Americans shouldn't shy away from looking at their opportunities on a, a global basis. So with so much negative news that we've had around the whole U.S.-Mexican relationship. How are you and, and the companies you're working with, how are you still making things happen? Isn't it a lot tougher now? It, it may be psychologically tougher. I think you have to kind of pull those mental cobwebs away and say not nothing has really changed. Um, what we need to do is con continue to think constructively about how we can deepen these relationships and make sure we keep increasing that economic pie for, for everyone. I was down in, in Mexico, actually, in the state of San Luis Potosí uh, two weeks ago, which is the state where the Ford plant was canceled. And there was a lot of hand-wringing and, and, Frank, you know, a little bit of uh, fear with respect to what's going on in the U.S. and how it was going to affect Mexico. And my advice was, well, we're not exactly sure what uh, will happen moving forward with the bilateral relationship, but Mexico really needs to continue to think positively and be attractive for investors and look to other markets. I mean, I think Mexico is looking at what it can do to deepen its ties um, with uh, South America, Brazil, Argentina, Asia, and, and Europe. So if you were in charge for one day, what would be the one thing you would have the United States do that it's not doing right now to uh, promote itself and its ability to export? I think what we need to do to be more competitive is to do a better job on education, training. I think technical training is fundamental. The Germans do it exceedingly well. We should look to that model. And healthcare. We need to have 
competitive people and well-prepared people in order to compete. And I would say also too, part of that is studying foreign languages. Um, it, it's very easy to speak languages, you know, to speak English around the world. And yet speaking another language goes so far beyond just the technicalities of the communication. It's understanding the culture, understanding what moves uh, people to do certain things. And when you speak the other language, you have a great advantage. And the advantage this region has is it is a cosmopolitan community. It is an international community. So it, it, it sounds to me that if we are to take the advice of groups like the Global Citizen Initiative to grow, we need to take advantage of the resource we have and develop our cultural connections. Definitely. And as you point out, D.C. is definitely a very rich environment in terms of the international and cultural um, population you know, that we have here. So a reminder that politics and trends may come and go, but the opportunity to get things done always abides. Amy Glover, Director of the Mexico Practice at McGlaudry Associates, thanks for taking the time to educate us, and more importantly, thanks for your efforts to continue to help the D.C. region grow. Of course, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And that was another episode of What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman, and my producer, Tracy Madigan, we both remind you that what matters is how you think we're doing. So don't forget to direct message us at, at What's Working DC if you've got a story idea. And do tell your friends to subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. And you know what? If you can take the time to rate our show, it'll help spread the word that this show is hitting an important chord for the entrepreneurial business community here in what you and I agree is one of the most interesting places to be an entrepreneur in the entire world. So we'll see you next time. Bye. The Finish the Game Podcast with your host, Sean Alexander. Draw play to Sean. Across the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Hey, this is Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. Check out my podcast, Finish the Game, where I discuss sports and life lessons helping you become an MVP. The Finish the Game Podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC.